Hey, Rodney. What's happening? Compassionate discipline. Oh. Recently, I had some time off and I was traveling and I got out of my routine and I was in a really hard space. It was the most depressive, like I'm not, it's not depression, but depressive like state that I've been in in a very long time. It was very hard. And I, I came up with this term for myself of compassionate discipline to be, to be disciplined, to get back to my disciplines and my routines and the things that I know work for me because they work for me and to also be nice about it to myself. I don't have to talk bad about myself or, or be upset when I do miss a day at the gym or when I don't get an email out. And, uh, it is, it has turned my week around. Monday was like, I couldn't even face the world. And today I'm like, let's get it. Let's take this. Let's pick the world up like Atlas. Love it. Yeah. Normally I like to laugh at the end of these, but that's not a laughing matter. That is serious. Welcome back to the More In Common podcast. I am your co-host Keith using my NPR voice, and I am with my friend Rodney. What up? I'm the other, <laughs> you know, host, founder, guy, person, Stella. male identifying being, and we are largely about compassion. So what we like to do at the beginning of these episodes is share something with you about compassion and usually from the episode that you're about to hear. Uh, in the conversation with Carlos, he mentioned that compassion is seeing yourself in someone else. And then he used a word I really like envisioning what they're going through or what they're feeling, not feeling it, not trying to understand it, but just envisioning it. And the way he broke down and also seeing yourself in their shoes is another way of saying like seeing yourself in them. And I personally deeply connect with this because this is, it's kind of a, but for the grace of God, therefore I like there, what? But for the grace of God, there go I, that's what it is. Um, this is how I kind of connect to compassion because like that person on the street over there, like, I don't know, like maybe their house burnt down and, and something triggered and went off and they, they weren't able to recover. What's to say that couldn't be me. So in that, I, I find humanity in that, in that struggle and that play. And I, and it may not be right. That may not be what happened, but it doesn't matter. I can be compassionate to them. So that's, that's where I come from at it. So Keith, we're about to get into this episode with Carlos. Tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, Carlos, he's a music producer, artist. He's an author. He's an all around, just eclectic dude. He's a social media marketer. He's career oriented. He's all of the things that we all are in some way. And in that, I love this conversation because we really get to know him beyond the artist, beyond the musician that we would otherwise think that's who we're talking to. So um, why would someone listen to this, man? Uh, we get into the idea and the concept of duality. We talk about finding the humanity in others and how you might go about that. We talk about smiling and the power therein. Uh, we talk about romantic novellas that star bros and if any of that at all intrigues you get on in here you know what i'm saying just get in just, just, get just in strap up it's gonna listen. be right as you go through the episode and you're enthralled by it you're captivated by it think 
these guys are doing a thing to promote compassion and I really want to help them out. So give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. Tell us what we, you would like to see more from us. We are open. Um, you know, the DMs are open and, um, you know, we, we'd love the support. We appreciate it. And you can find us at moreincommonent.com, all things there, including our consulting. Um, which, including our consulting yeah. in which we, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big conversation around diversity and inclusion, sometimes diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we, we very much speak to this idea of inclusion and, and answering the question that many people have not been able to answer. How do I make my environment more inclusive? We have a framework, we have a four step more process that we teach and we help people access compassion. Ding, ding, ding. Imagine that. If you're interested, if you're curious, if you got a caustic culture, if you got a great culture that you want to be greater, hit your boys up. Hit them up. And now let's go listen to this conversation. I've always asked myself that too. Like, how come I'm so like okay with just putting this out there and being vulnerable like this? And I don't know. I feel it's a combination of things. I think one part is how I grew up. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad is a lawyer from the Dominican Republic. My mom has been in the, she's been a teacher and a principal over there. And right now she's a social worker. So just being in this environment of you can talk to us, you can, you can be whatever you want to be. My dad being a lawyer, always being, know the, know the consequences, but also know that you can, you can do this and get this. And there's, there are steps to, to doing what you want to do, but also be yourself that in part with also just having a a drive to just create kind of just made me okay with just putting myself out there today we are with carlos lonelez rosario gonzalez lonelez began his journey in the music industry as a graphic designer having designed for names such as ozuna mozart lapara jay alvarez and nadi natasha he discovered that his true passion was in music production. Soon, Lonelez began to remix popular songs, and it wasn't long until his remixes began to garner favorable attention. His trap remix of Daddy Yankee's Shaky Shaky became an internet sensation, and his bachata remix of Plan B's Fanatica Sensual was danced all over the world. And in 2021, his reggaeton remix of Taylor Swift's Willow became a viral sound on TikTok. Lonez is now putting lyrics to his beats, and after releasing his first independent album, Atracion, in 2018, he recently released his EP, La Ramcom. His songs are those of love, adventure, party going, and fun, with a bilingual touch that's purely unique to Lonelez. And Lonelez is his stage name. Carlos is the man you get to know in this episode. And Carlos has also written the romance novel series, The Bohemians, born and raised in the Dominican Republic, and he is an all-around good dude. Carlos, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, Drew. Thank you for having me, guys. Really what it is. Excited to have you. <laughs> um, so we start every show with the conversation about conversation because we ask you at the top, what is your tip for navigating difficult conversations? And yours is smile, keep it real. Keep it real. One of the things I love about this segment is 
they're all most of them are different smile never heard that that's a first that that is a first how if you are in a difficult conversation obviously i think we generally expect there to be potentially some tension some maybe irritation maybe some anger some sort of negative emotion how do you find it to just smile through that i think you got to find the humanity in the people in the in the conversation cuz i feel like regardless maybe it depends also the the subject matter but overall regardless of what you're like arguing about or having a very hard conversation about we we're, we're both trying to get to a to a goal and I, and i feel like if we both find the humanity in in both of us and and i smile i think it's a good segue to that and to finding that humanity in between people i think that's a way where the conversation can at least go from that high level of tension down to a a level where we can both understand each other. And in these days I feel like people need to smile a little more and just understand that yeah, you and me we're both we're, we're both the same. We both want something and maybe that tension can be relieved through a smile. Um with this COVID COVID being so what is it? It was like 14 months ago when the first lockdowns happened in the US. At the time of this recording, uh, I I just in the last two months learned how to intentionally smile with my eyes, like while I'm wearing a mask, and it makes such a huge difference in inter- in interactions. Because it's I remember the very first time I went into a Target when it was shut down and there was a line outside. I straight up felt like I was in a zombie movie and walking around and people wouldn't make eye contact and it was just felt so cold and distant and then you add this like just that idea of smiling with your eyes or just smiling in general it just takes a layer off but then if you go deeper into that you said find the humanity of the person or the people in the conversation how do you go about doing that i feel that's more of a something you have to find within yourself first because i feel like at least for me and gr- growing up in in a very a very, very lovable environment my parents my my brother i feel like people sometimes forget to look within themselves and portray that part of you into another people into into other people and i always like to see the best in people even though you and i may be maybe disagreeing on something uh i always try to find the best quality in somebody else and i feel that's what's missing a lot when we're having those difficult conversations that we tend to disagree a lot but we don't see that hey that person is actually has some very good qualities that we're disagreeing right now on something like this it's okay but that doesn't mean they're a horrible person it just means that there's things that we got to do to get there and there's steps that we got to take and i feel like a smile is it's it's simple and it, it's almost kind of funny but that could be the first step to get in there because look i've had difficult conversations with people before say a next girlfriend or a friend who maybe did something that I didn't like but at the end of the day I still like that person my ex maybe not to mu- to that much extent <laughs> but at the end of the day she's a human uh, my friend is a human and we have very good experiences together so it's just like that like smile and find that within yourself that you love and try and find that in another person and if not just try and find something good about that person because we all have something good in within us i i, I truly believe that
And even with the X, you at some point liked them a lot. You know, exactly. like there's humanity there. There's, there's humanity there's, there. Just because you don't like the relationship doesn't mean the person is a bad person, right? Exactly. Um, even if they do a bad thing, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. An observation. the What you just said about finding the best in someone, especially in a hard moment, on the flip side of that, when we really love someone like say an actor or an athlete for one thing right where you know we know we, we don't actually know them but we love them for this one thing we tend to be able to forgive a whole bunch when we do find out other things other things yeah that's yeah that's it that's interesting yeah and maybe we don't have that that we've established some personal connection and it takes a lot to break that bond even though that bond is really manifested in your head fun fact about about smiling is there have been studies that if you put faces side by side and you have someone who is not smiling with their eyes, which is essentially, you know, making sure that your smile goes up to your eyes versus it just being with your mouth, people will consider it insincere and people. So like when you talk about that tip and when you talk about that tip, I think it's an important piece, right? It's because it's easy if you're in a difficult conversation and you start smiling and you don't do it sincerely with your face, it can come off as condescending, snarky, like dismissive and potentially could escalate, right? So um, I love the point about smiling and making sure that when you do, it is a sincere smile with your whole face not just a smile. Because think mouth. about it. Think you're, you're in a difficult conversation, right? And then you genuinely smile out of nowhere. The person's going to be like, literally stops them in their track right there. And they're, they're going to be like, what are you What are you doing? Maybe they even laugh themselves like, what are you doing? Why are you smiling? And that right there just brought a 100, you're heating up. It's going to get crazy down to like a 65. All right, we can meet in the middle. Killing them, killing them with kindness came, came to, to mind. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great tip. Like, and to your point, Carlos, there, there's almost a reflection of the humanity in it, right? Like it's, it, if you can find that true smile when that tension is high, it's almost as if you're enjoying this person in this conversation or this discussion where it seemingly shouldn't be enjoyed. And in that enjoyment, you're, you're, bridging that connection you're making a connection to a positive outcome so you said in the in the run-up like why are you smiling well it's because I'm, I'm happy we're here having this conversation it's not tense but i'm happy we're having this conversation because i think it's it's invaluable to either our relationship or to whatever it may be so I, it's so simple it's it's such a good one i like it this one of your other answers I think might tie in maybe the, do, are you getting any kind of joy or pleasure out of the process of finding that good or finding your way through that conversation? I think I am actually, cause just trying to find that goodness within that other person, regardless of the conversation we're having, it's almost like I'm trying to create a new friend or create a connection and maybe lead to even more conversations because 
just the fact that we're having a very tense conversation and I'm here smiling, trying to uh, make it better, almost shows that, hey, I really like you. You're an interesting person. I really want to get to know you. Let's keep this going. So I feel like, yes, it definitely does. So, yeah, it's it's definitely enjoy the progress of it. That's what it is, well, at least for me. I think there's a, a natural transition in this conversation to a lot of different things that we've talked about. I'm going to go, I'm going to insert a piece into that transition to get a little bit more context because I think this could lead to the same conversation and really talk about your novels for a second. I haven't read them. So I've attempted to summarize based on what I know of them in that they are really a romantic novella that is based on a group of guys as you even put it on one of the bros out on an adventure, right? Like, which in of itself on its surface is a unique pairing of masculine social dynamics with romance and love. And so did I, did I summarize that up? Perfectly. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. So as a result, like what inspires that from you to marry two things, social masculinity, which we can talk about what masculinity is and all that stuff, and bringing out the romantic side of men even through that and like putting those two things together in a novel. I'm fascinated by this. You know, it's it's interesting because I started... Because go, this goes back all the way to how I started making music. Because there's this stigma, I guess, of like putting your feelings down on paper as a man. But when I first started making music, it was a woman, like it was a girl who like really like brought out my feelings. So I just, I guess my creative side in me just wanted to uh, write poetry, make beats. But eventually I think that as it comes to the book, I wrote I wrote the first book while I, while I was in college. You know, in this like macho man type of environment with the, my roommates, they're all taller than me. They're all back then I was, I was 60 pounds heavier and they were like, you know, skinny with the, the abs and everything. So my roommates were actually the the bros, as you as you may say, uh, in that macho man kind of like environment. And I was, as you could say, in the sidelines, but I was still like experiencing that and living that almost very highly masculine environment. But regardless of that, I think it's just me as a person. I've always been uh, real with who I am as a person and true to my feelings. And if I like a woman, if I like a girl, I'm going to tell her. And (laughs) regardless if it's be a book, be a song. And that's just me. And it's it's tough navigating that because in a way, in this in this very, uh, at least back back in like 2018, 2017, not a, not as very progressive type of type of environment. They might have called you, oh Carlos, you're you're too feminine. You shouldn't be doing these type of things. But no, like you don't soft. say that. You don't say that you're soft. Yeah, you don't say that to uh Jay Z or Drake when he's writing and Tupac, singing. Tupac, who, writes, who wrote amazing poets. I mean, they're all amazing poets. Exactly. You don't say that to them. So what's the difference with me that I'm writing a book about romance? It's it's uh it's I think it's it's normal. I think. We have a girlfriend, you have a wife, 
you love that woman, you love your mother, like, I love my mom. So why can't we put those feelings down on paper and express that that other side of the masculine of the, of the masculine man? Because masculinity, I think, to me, is not just the opposite of femininity. It's I think it's it's the same thing. It's just that we express that same duality differently between each people. And for me, uh, putting down the bros and mixing it with the romance, I did not intend it to be that way, but. I think it naturally came out because of my experiences That's what came in college. Out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Did you ever get any answers to that to that question back? Like why why can't I or what's the difference? Did anybody ever give you a worthwhile answer? Not really. I think I'm still trying to like I'm going through the motions and like seeing if people actually want to give me an answer, but no, not really. And I I feel like it's it's okay though. I think there's something like you said it before seeing about seeing the humanity in people is you have to find it within yourself first right and we easily stick to like social roles and responsibilities if we can't find it within ourselves first to be who we are and i think anyway you say back in 2017 all those things were said I'm like, what, just that long ago, right? Like that my college experience in 2000, in 2000 to 2004, like, yeah, that makes sense because it was almost 20 years ago or 20 years ago. But like, it's telling of the need for a story like this, right? Like the, the reality that you can have strength, which would be something that is a masculine energy or power or whatever it is that you look at in that and at the same time be vulnerable be sensitive be caring and kind and pine over the opposite sex and you can be all of that at the same time and in that environment and i think that's a i think that's a really progressive type of story to tell and while i haven't read it i look forward to reading it I mean, but it's not really progressive. It's just real. Like, even to what you just said, Keith, I would kind of disagree. Nature, the feminine is actually more strong and more outward. The lioness, the bear, mother nature is the the force that that it, masculinity is a little bit, uh, the energy is a little bit quieter, more internal. There is a protective nature to it. But like Carlos was saying, like there's a muddling, there's a duality, there's a little bit of each in each. And I think as we, as the theme of the week has been, Keith, it, the constructs around the, the constructs of the society or the group or the family that you grew up in really dictate how you subscribe to your own masculinity or femininity or now non-binariness which is pissing people off because i don't understand it it's like well you don't need to understand it this is how i see me back to understanding who you are in the world versus before you can see others but and i i actually i think taking that disagreement a step further i think in it it shows like masculinity does not and femininity are both social constructs like they actually don't like could be argued, it depends, well, I guess it could be argued, it depends on how those fit within society. So masculinity in Western society is strength. So in that, it's the female lion that displays masculinity versus 
the sensitivity of of the the feminine energy as the words used, which is why I generally don't like those words because I think they're so muddled and they're so context dependent. And in yeah, that, because if you watch a lion and a lioness, like they both show kindness and gentle gentle energy towards their cubs and towards each question. other. Yeah, and and then like I think it's in Hinduism or India. They, and I know some, some native cultures here in the U S have like seven or eight or nine different definitions of masculinity and femininity and sex. And it's, it's, it's not limited to two or one. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Carlos. It it looked like you had something to add there. No, no. I was going to say that the definition of masculinity it's very different between cultures, as you as you guys said, and me coming from the Dominican Republic, a culture that's very highly masculine. And then coming here and learning all this uh, all this new progressiveness, it's it's definitely different. I moved here in two thousand and five. I was nine years old, but I still remember those nine years that I lived in Dominican Republic and the off times that I go on vacation there too. That machismo is very real over there and to some degree it's seen as very very bad or not very not very good to show your sensitivity as a man only is acceptable when you're by yourself with 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 your wife and that's slowly changing over there and i feel like that kind of swept into my storytelling uh that duality of cultures i guess if you want to call it that how have you, so this is kind of why I wanted to introduce, how have you anchored on like your own self-awareness to be okay putting a book out when you have all of the social pressures of your of your culture, your college friends that would otherwise make it hard to do? For a lot of people that's a very interesting question because i've always asked myself that too like how come i'm so like okay with just putting this out there and being vulnerable like this and i don't know i feel it's a combination of things i think one part is how i grew up uh my parents uh my dad is a lawyer from the Dominican republic my mom has been in the she's been a teacher and a principal over there and right now she's a social worker so just being in this environment of you can talk to us, you can you can be whatever you want to be. My dad being a lawyer, always being know the know the consequences, but also know that you can you can do this and get this, and there's there are steps to to doing what you want to do, but also be yourself. That in part with also just having a a drive to just create, kind of just made me okay with just putting myself out there. Even if it's, even if like what I put out there might be like completely fictional, like some of my songs that I've written have never happened. It's just a story I made up, I made up, but, but at the same time, I take things from my life and put that out there. And I don't know, maybe it's also a, a need for, to find new people to like make new friends, maybe because I'm not going to lie. Like there's times where I, as an artist and as a person, I, I feel, I feel lonely. I feel, I feel depressed. I feel sad. And putting these, these things out 
have actually helped me. Like I've met new people, I've met new friends. And I think it's a combination of many things, but it definitely is definitely a question. I always ask myself, like, should I put this out there? Should I write this down? But at the end of the day, I know that if it helps me to do this and put it out there in some way or another, it's going to help somebody else. So I feel like that's worth it. That's why. Absolutely. Even if it just helps you, but yeah, no, that's, that's dope. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. It's awesome to channel that because it's like, you, you've said it. I've always known who I am. Like, what is that? Like, how have you always known? Cause I haven't, I'm 39 and I'm just starting to know, I'm just starting to be able to answer that question. Right. So like, how is it that you've always known the answer to that question? Yeah. That's an, that's another interesting question. I just, I just feel like I've known for a long time that creativity is a big part of me and I've loved being in the arts. I love telling people who, who I am as a person and the reason I think I know that for sure is because I'm not afraid to put it out there. I think once you know that there's no fear, you have no fear of letting people know exactly who you are, exactly what you like. I feel like, I feel like that's when you know, oh, that's a person I am. Once once fear is out the door, you are coming right in. So I feel that that's why. Because I'm not afraid of putting myself out there. I'm not afraid of being vulnerable. I'm not afraid of what people might say, of what people might think of me of who I am. And I, and I feel like there's still a lot more of me to put out there and just having that confidence and not having that fear. Maybe that's how I know. I, and I, and I, and I think that's part of it. It's just letting the fear go away or embracing the fear. is another way of seeing it. It really is an interesting uh, look at what fear does to us. It's almost as if in that context, that when fear takes over, we're afraid of who we actually are because we don't know. So there's potential judgment. There's potential judgment externally, judgment internally. And once you've accepted it and you don't feel that anymore, that, that fear of judgment because you are who you are and you're not judging yourself anymore can easily just come out regardless it's a it's a very philosophical good look uh, into your into your own soul and trust me that fear that fear is is still there it's still there it's normal we're humans it's, it's never gonna go away but it's just understanding that even though it is there you just gotta be true to yourself and i think i'm lucky that i've managed to uh, at least comprehend that to some extent yeah no i agree all right we're going to take a pause right there. I hope you're enjoying the first half of this conversation. Just a quick reminder, give us a like, leave us a comment, give us a follow, help promote this message of compassion. And in the next couple of days, as we wait for part two of this conversation, this conversation reminds me a lot of uh, episode 57 with Gina Choi. Uh, it's a while back, but definitely she talks about passion and it not needing to be the thing that we do. And it really aligns well with what you're going to hear in part two of this conversation. So go check it out and we'll be back with you.